welcome to Supernatural Podcast episode number 47 for Fresh Blood. The episode was written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Kim Manners and originally aired in the U.S. on November 15, 2007. Let's move into the recap with Kristen and Annie. Summary for episode 3.07, Fresh Blood. So our episode begins as uh, Bella sells out Sam and Dean's whereabouts to Gordon. Who has mysteriously gotten out of jail. Well, well, we know about that. Thank you, Jesus freak. Yes. She um, makes a deal with Gordon after he basically threatens her life, but he's really desperate. So when she says, go ahead and kill me, and you won't find Sam and Dean, he's like, fine. I'll trade you this special heirloom thingy that is priceless. Yeah. So continuing on, Sam and Dean are, oh, we're like, cut to our boys, and Sam and Dean are investigating a trail of vampire killings. And Dean, after they save the victim, Dean, like, runs off to find this creature, and he cuts his arm. Blonde vampire girl lunges at him, almost catches him, and then Dean injects her with dead man's blood. Ooh, and then Sam's, like, cutting a little close, aren't you? It was a really <laughs> risky move. Do you think that he made that because it was, but he's gonna die? Yeah, I, I think I think he was he was keeping with his like kamikaze. I don't even care about things anymore. It's more like a ninja. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the vampire girl Lucy doesn't know she's a vampire, which is kind of reminiscent of Madison and a little bit, yeah, werewolf. Except, well, she knows she took something. She's yeah. just so, well, she thinks she's on a high. She's yeah. like, I know something weird's going on. I just, I need to come down. Some guy at a club gave her a new drug, some thick red stuff, which is vampire's blood. <laughs> so obvious. If somebody was like, let me drip this thick red liquid in your drink, I'd be like, um, uh-uh. get your blood away from me. Like, it's so obviously blood. Yeah. But that is, I thought it was a really, like, sinister way to turn someone into a vampire. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Also, it's kind of weird, because you're not really getting the cream of the crop, as far as vampires go, (laughs) when you're turning drug-addicted. People who are just willing to take anything without even questioning it. Emaciated, strung-out party girls. He's not really doing a favor to his race. Oh, wow. He was desperate. He wanted another daughter. Anyways... And then Sam says, you know, if you tell us, if you tell us what happened, we'll let you go. Which was so sinister, because we knew, like, there's no way they can let her go. And so the fact that Sam is lying, leads me to think something might be wrong with our Sammy. Anyways, they go and deliberate, and Dean's like, we have to kill her. Sam, Sam shows that hesitation. He's like, um, I don't want to, Dean, you know? People that I were watching it was were like, why can't they just send, them off, send her off to live with that... Uh, clan of vampires that, that uh, Which is eats so cow's blood. Stupid. Well, I mean, they don't know where those vampires are. Exactly. They specifically like distance themselves so they would have no connection to them, and the hunters wouldn't ask them. Like exactly. I can see, like they're gonna leave them be if they've already learned not to drink human blood, and they're like, okay, you're not hurting people. I guess we'll leave you be. Right. But this new girl, they're not gonna be like, okay, here, train her. It's too much of a risk. But it was really sad, because she was like Madison, and she didn't know what was going on. (laughs) Moving on. So, we've got Gordon and Jesus Freak, um, posing as FBI agents, uh, chatting with the guy who a blonde girl had recently attacked. And I love the moment where Gordon's like, so, did did she get her blood on you? Did you have any of her blood? And he's like, no, I... I don't think so. And he's like, there was a virus. And it's good that you didn't get infected because we would have had to kill you. And I love how he deadpans it. He's like, we'd have to kill you. And the guy's like, oh, ha, ha. Really? So Sam and Dean check out the club where Lucy took the drug. And um, they find the guy taking another blonde into the alleyway. So, of course, they follow him. And they run after the guy only to find that Gordon and Jesus Freak are standing there in the middle of the alleyway with guns. I know. So, of course, Dean's all self-sacrificing, like, I'll draw him off, you run, sandwich. Dixon, the drug lord, jumps Gordon and takes him back to his nest. <laughs> Sam and Dean are, like, confused. Like, well, how the hell did Gordon find us? What, how does he know where to look? Yeah. And, of course, Dean, being the smart kid that he is, jumps to the inevitable conclusion that Bella has sold them out. And <laughs> she just, it slipped her mind to call and warn them mm-hmm. that Gordon was after them. So, uh, oh, I love this moment where Dean's like, first thing I'm going to do if I make it out of this lab is kill you. 
And he's so, like, evil. He's like, yeah. I'm going to kill you. And she's like, oh, you're kidding, but you're not. Back at the, the vampire's lair, Gordon is tied down. And he sees the uh, vampire drug lord feeding blood to the turned, tied-up blondes. And the vampire drug lord is trying to create a new family for himself because the vampires are a dying breed. And he was going to feed Gordon to his new blonde friends, but he gets a better idea for revenge and slices Gordon and bleeds on him. It's like, oh no, Gordon's worst fear is coming true. He's getting what he deserves. Yes. (laughs) So we've got Sam and Dean um, discussing the morality of killing Gordon. Um, Sam thinks it's okay, and Dean's really surprised by that. He's going to be like, no, we can't. He's human. It's wrong. (laughs) Uh, but strangely, he doesn't, because Sam wants to do what needs to be done. Which is more like Dean now, don't you think? It is, actually. He's he's becoming more like his older brother. I also must say that I love all the brother moments of this episode. Like They were really cute. As much as I love Bobby, I was glad he wasn't here, because whenever Bobby's there, they split up. The boys split up. So I was really glad that Bobby wasn't in this episode, mm. so we had more of Sam and Dean saving the day. So anyways... So, uh, Bella, not wanting Dean to hold a grudge against her, calls and tells the boys where Gordon is. And, uh, the spirit's advice was, don't go after Gordon, leave town, and run like hell. <laughs> but of course they don't heed that advice. Of course not. Back at the, the lair of the vampire dealer, Gordon is chained to the ceiling, like the blonde girls were, and now he's, like, fully experiencing the life of the vampire, like, hearing the blood pounding and... Oh, the watch ticking really, like, mm-hmm. sets him off. Yeah. So he busts out of his chains with his new vampire strength. So our boys, not taking the advice of the spirits, decide to go after our drug lord. And, like, they find him in his lair with two beheaded blonde corpses. And they weren't beheaded by a machete. They were beheaded by ripping the heads off. Which is gross, I must yes. say. Anyway, um, Dixon is in despair because Gordon has killed his family and he never should have brought a hunter there. And he's like, this is all my fault. And it's really it's really cool because um, Dean's like sneaking up behind him to kill him. Mm-hmm. But then what he says really like reminds Dean of himself. He's like, I don't want to be alone in the world. Losing your family and having no one is terrible. And yeah. Dean really feels the connection there. And basically he's like, do you know what it's like when you just don't give a damn? It's like being dead already. Which and is so Dean. sad. It's so Dean. I love that moment. Anyway, so he finally lets it slip that... Gordon has been turned, and it's no longer a human being they're dealing with. Which does get rid of, like, the guilt issue of, like, oh my god, we killed a human being. Yeah. But, at the same time, it sucks for them, because it's gonna be hard. Super vamped up Gordon, as they said. (laughs) So Gordon, uh, goes back and visits Jesus Freak, and, uh, he tries to get him to agree to hunt Sam Winchester, because it's his dying wish. Yeah. And, uh, but Jesus Freak thinks he needs to die no matter what. You know, that hunter black and white stuff. I wouldn't have let him go hunting either. He's crazed in the first place. Now he's a vampire. So, Gordon kills him first, with his bare hands. Like, through the chest. Disgusting. I know. It was so horrible. Sam finally confronts Dean, and we have our face-off confrontation moment that I've been looking forward to all season. Thanks. Dean's afraid to die, and Sam can see right through his facade. He's like, because I know you! I've been following you around my entire life, studying you, trying to be just like my big brother, and this is exactly how you act when you're terrified. I wish you would just drop the show and be my brother again. And it was just so adorable. I loved it so much. And I love that Dean finally heeds Sam's warning and stops with the reckless stuff that he's doing, and it's just like, okay, Sam. We'll, we'll step it back. I love that, yeah, he finally sees, like, Dean's not, like, not just hurting himself by acting like this. Like, he's really hurting Sam. Anyways. So, Gordon calls Dean on his new cell phone. And he, uh, has a girl captive. So they go and find the girl and everything, and Dean's carrying her out. And then 
a garage door goes down right in between Sam and Dean. What? So, um, Gordon also cuts off the lights. And it's not fair, because Gordon can see in the dark, and Sam can't. And Sam's, like, waving around his machete in the dark. I'm Which like, you're I love. gonna cut yourself. I know, I love it. I'm like, you can't see. So wave your around. <laughs> Sharp objects flash dark always helps. So, so uh, Gordon's finally, like, he confronts Sam. He's like... I have the power here, and my last good deed, like, the least you could do, Mr. Antichrist, is kill yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do right after I kill you. Dean busts in, but Gordon bites him in the neck. I know, I was like, oh my god, that is... Traumatizing? Traumatizing, yes. Very. And then, of course, Sam saves Dean, and, uh... Gordon goes after him again, but then Sam grabs some barbed wire and wraps it around Gordon's neck and pulls until there's nothing left and it pierces through and it's so gross and oh my god. I was really turned off by that. It was very unrealistic. I had to look away. All the blood spurting with the puncture wounds. Yeah. I was really hoping that Sam would be like holding him like that and then Dean would walk up and just like... Yeah, they could have done that, but that wouldn't have been as gory. And, you know, we're going for gory this season. I guess so. Anyways, Um, so, back to classic Sam and Dean. Oh, yeah. Dean fixing the Impala on the side of the road, and Sam handing him a beer. Dean's like, come over here, Sam. And he's like, oh, wrong one? He's like, no, no, just come over. And then he starts teaching him. Oh, Dino and Sam are having a moment. I was so excited. And Sam was like, what? You barely let me drive the car. Why do I need to know how to fix it? And then Dean kind of, like, dampens the cuteness of the moment. It's like, because I'm going to die. I think it's really cute because it shows, like, he's looking at the future. Like, he's actually trying to take care of Sam once he's gone. And well, which means he's considering Sam's feelings. So Okay, so, um... Basically, overall, I thought the episode was really awesome. Like, it was intense, but there were also really cute moments, which I like. And it was serious, and it was the whole let's find out what's going on investigative kind of thing that they are really good at. So I would give this episode an A. Alright. Um, I did really enjoy this episode. I thought it was it was, it was well-paced, yes. and... The dialogue was great, and there were brother moments, which I love. But on the other hand, like I understood that it was poetic that uh, Gordon was killed vampire style. But I, the point of the season is that they're fighting all these demons, right? And this is what the third episode in a row they haven't dealt with a demon. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like them to get back the demons. Gordon's recovery time after changing to a vampire was remarkably quick, so that irked me a little bit. But Overall, I think this episode definitely got a B. A high B. Okay, so uh, I'm Kristen. And I'm Chris. And we enjoyed talking to you guys. See you next week. Next, let's move on to analysis and theories in my discussion with Josh. Hi, this is Ellen. And this is Josh. So, overall, what did you think? It was definitely, definitely on the edge of your seat entertainment. I agree. I thought, you know, Gordon was going to be an obnoxious adversary this entire season, but I felt like he was used to great effect in the storyline. Yeah, and I've never been a fan of him at all. And so I'm like, oh, yay, an episode about Gordon. Woohoo! But it was just absolutely amazing. It was, you know. I think writer Sarah Gamble really turned up the emotional intensity and, and the overall gruesomeness with this episode. Oh, definitely. I mean, she's been my favorite Supernatural writer for a long time. Her episodes are always very character-driven and intense and emotional and all of that fun stuff. But this one, she went even beyond my expectations for her. I agree. I I think that it was really well done, well-paced, and just overall an exciting episode. Yep. And I've been looking at the ratings as far as, you know, on the different boards where people are rating the episode – and they're loving it better or more than any other episode this season, pretty much in t- all of second season. Right. So we're up to the ratings that we had like the end of first season. I usually like the standalones, you know, Red Sky at the Morning and Bedtime Stories, that kind of stuff. And I, you know, when you get back to the, like, the main story, it always feels like it's something to kind of trudge through. I agree. I'm, I'm usually a standalone fan myself, but this was good part 
you know, a good step in the storyline and a good part of the overall mythos. Bella wasn't around very much, but her role was actually very good, I think, because she provided a little comedic relief to help balance the heaviness. And since the boys saved, saved her life, she seems to actually kind of care about them now. Who knew? I agree. I like the fact that, you know, she's still her and she's still opportunistic and a little bit evil, but it's neat to see that she felt bad about giving, you know, Sam Medina to Gordon. And she didn't take it very seriously, and they kind of, you know, glossed over the fact, oh, it's no big deal, I just told somebody where you were. Once she found out it was serious, she did what she could to help. Oh, exactly. That was, I think, a really nice turn of events on that one, instead of just the girl who cares about nobody. <laughs> She's like, I won't even get out of bed for three grand. And she says it was because she doesn't like people holding me grudge, but you know that she likes them a little bit. She had to have had him on speed dial or like the last number she called because there's no way she could get him that quick on the phone. And speaking of phone, does she have like a mobile talk spirit board in the car so she can make these calls for the afterlife while on the go? I wouldn't be surprised. I agree. I think that, you know, Bella, as well documented, we did not like her at the beginning, but she is kind of growing on me. Yeah, she is. I mean, she's still, I still like Ruby, I think more than her as a character, but I think she's starting to kind of mellow out a little bit, and that's making a big difference in her character and how much I like her. <laughs> we all like redemption stories. That's right. And speaking of characters, I thought it was great for us Buffy fans that Mercedes McNabb was a vampire again on TV. I didn't even notice because I never watched the show, but that's cool. Yeah, it was great. I mean, she showed up again did a very brief role, but she wasn't as ditzy as she was in the show. But it was fun to see her you know, getting work again and a shout out, just having her be a vampire like she was in the other show. You know, another character from Buffy, the girl who played Tara, was also a vampire in the show last season. I remember that. Yeah. It was also a, suit, a show that had Gordon in it. Which is That's right. Wasn't crazy. That, wasn't that Bloodlust that he was in? He happens to have all the episodes that have blood in the title. I wonder if it's a coincidence or on purpose. Well, I mean, blood does have to do with vampires. That makes sense, but still. Yeah. And, you know, it's similar to that episode. We kind of get another view of the vampires as victims. Uh, they're, you know, they're not just horrible evil killers, at least not some of them, but they're kind of, you know, these people that were sadly taken into a life and they're still kind of human and they feel all sad and bad. They're not just straight up evil. Yeah, and that they're a dying breed. Right, that's true. They feel bad about that and they wish they could do something, but the hunters are destroying their way of life. And you can't help but feel bad about those blonde girls, you know, that are hanging up there. Sam and Dean have to kill anyway, just kind of like that werewolf girlfriend of Sam. Yep, and they had no idea what they were getting into. I mean, you have to feel sorry for them. Because, you know, <laughs> somebody tricks you in a bar. So you have to be careful. Always watch your drink. That's right. <laughs> and don't buy drugs from somebody you don't know. <laughs> right. Try not buying drugs if you can. <laughs> I yeah. did like, I liked Lucy, and I really liked um, the way Dean lured her at the very beginning. I mean, with the slicing his arm open. Oh, right. Wow, that was a cool scene. You see her, you see the blood, the knife, the whole bit. That was shot really well visually. It just made me realize the boy has no fear. Yes, he's insane. Yeah, Sam was like, that's kind of reckless. And he's like, eh, whatever. You're right. That was really well shot. And it really did emphasize, you know, the point they were bringing home this episode with his whole uh, kamikaze attitude, you know. That was a great way to start the episode. I mean, there was so much going on in the episode. So it starts off with this big bang and then it kind of slows down. It explains everything and you see the characters and it kind of work out a little bit. And then it gets really excited again at the end. And that was that was one of the good things about the episode was, how much action was in, going on. There was a lot of chasing, a lot of gunfire, a lot of fighting. Yep. Definitely a lot faster paced than usual. And the twist with Gordon actually becoming a vampire. How cool was that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was great. Gordon finding out what it's like to become that, which is everything that he hates. Well, exactly. I mean, the poetic justice for the, the people who hated Gordon, like it was almost delicious. <laughs> right. it was, you know, his worst nightmare coming true. But in the same aspect, it actually helped him then with his vengeance. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was really in keeping with character for him to, you know, keep up his quest despite 
what had just happened to him and actually using that to his advantage. Yeah, he just took it in stride. He's like, well, okay, I guess if you have to. Exactly. And and we never know what's driving Gordon so much, but we get the feeling that, you know, even before he made a was made a vampire that he was actually a monster. So it didn't do much to change him other than empower him. That's right. And I liked how they, although there wasn't a really new mythology in this one, you got to see what it was like to become a vampire. Like how it actually, how the blood commingling worked. And then actually when Gordon became, and you saw it with him with the lights and the eyes and the whole bit and how he was adjusting. And I mean, that was kind of a cool bit where you saw the lights like the car lights in his vision. Yeah, it was really well done, I thought, and well shot the way they made it look, made us be able to see and hear through his senses, you know. And the clock and the heartbeats and the whole bit, that was, actually, they talked about that in Moonlight a few weeks ago, so that was really neat, I thought. I agree, it was. It was better than just, you know, having us watch him stumble around and be all confused. Exactly brought us more into the what he was going through. Mm-hmm. I think it tried to make you feel for Gordon a little bit because he's always been this horrible character. <laughs> right. And this way it made you kind of reconsider that a little bit. You think that he's going to change, you know, I mean, it's noble of him to off himself instead of going around killing helpless people. But, but then he uses that innocent woman for bait and turns her into a vampire and he loses all sympathy, which goes to show that he's just really unscrupulous and will do anything to accomplish his mission even if it means trampling the people he's trying to save in the first place. I thought it was kind of strange how they just dropped him in, though. You know, he just said, oh, I got out of prison. <laughs> That's true. I wish they had done a little bit more there. But Yeah, we have no idea how he got out. Yeah, I mean, it might be useful for the Winchesters to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Or maybe his sentence was up. I guess he was probably, unless he was wanted for more than just firing weapons. It may not be too long of a jail sentence for concealed weapons. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess it would depend on his priors, where he was. Who <laughs> right. knows? But yeah, that car with all those weapons, they were like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's more than one count, I'd imagine. <laughs> Good point. But yeah, it could have been he was given like six months or something. He didn't necessarily break out. That could be. Yeah, we just don't know. As with many things. File <laughs> that under the water. I think this show intentionally leaves blanks so that the fanfic writers can fill in. <laughs> <laughs> How nice of them. So consider it. Well, you know, besides all the action and everything that was really great in this episode, we had a lot of, a few big emotional moments that I thought were really well done as well. Like a 50-50 episode again. Although it wasn't disconnected, it was all blended together. And it really was smooth transitions from part to part. But yeah, that part was my favorite, actually, of the episode. Yeah, I agree. Sam's big freak out. He's been freaking out on Dean lately a lot. But this one, <laughs> he calls him on his stuff. He tells him how he knows what he's doing and then, you know, makes a plea for his brother to come back. And it was very emotional and intense and it didn't feel fake either. No. And he even got some tears. <laughs> right. I mean, you had to emphasize that, that was really well acted. It was because usually Dean gets the tears. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's really good at crying on command. Sam got watery eyed and it was really good. Well, it's like Sam just wanted his big brother back, but he finally said it. Right. Instead of trying to convince Dean that he is right, you know, that he needs to find a way and trying to convince him to change his mind. This way, he just pled his case. He's like, I'm going to take a different stance and just beg. <laughs> right. And what's Dean going to say to that? That was definitely the right way to go. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was real. It was called for. It was perfect. And then the end with the Impala. Oh, right. You can only, I mean, it's definitely in the transition from, you know, now that John is dead for Dean to acquire that role. He's been moving into the John role for a long time, but I think he was trying to stay in that role and disconnect himself from Sam. And now he's moving back into the brother role of, I want to show my brother the ropes. I need him to stand on his own two feet, but I want to protect him and I want to prepare him. And that was a really nice transition back. 
It was. And and it's not like, you know, Sam's a child and he needs any specific direction, but like like you said, it's like the John thing. John obviously distanced himself from his kid, using the job as kind of like a barrier. Mm-hmm. And and Dean did move into that, especially after he made the deal. It's like, oh, let's focus on the job and chasing these bad guys and joking around. And Sam's saying, hey, you know, that's not good enough. It wasn't good enough for John, and it's not good enough for Dean. And here they're moving back into that role that they had their whole life. And it suits them much more than the, you know, dad-son thing, because that's just <laughs> right. not Dean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Even if it were possible, not likely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, it's, and, you know, Dean's always been, oh, my family's everything, and blah, blah, blah. And he may have come to believe that it didn't matter as much to Sam, but this kind of told him otherwise, you know, that their relationship means as much to Sam as it did to Dean. Well, yeah, and, and Sam had tried to distance himself away from the family so much that Dean actually believed that Sam didn't want anything to do with them. Right. Until he realized that, you know, family was important and now has making this three season, you know, curve back towards family. And I mean, I'm sure Dean knows how much Sam adores him, but at the same time, he's still probably a little bit hurt that Sam left him. Right. Yep. That's true. That's an excellent point. And it would definitely, you know, explain his motivations and the whole distance thing. He's doing what he thinks is great for Sam, sacrificing himself, letting him live. But, you know, it's not enough. Exactly. And his year is ticking along. That's right. It's already, you know, it's like probably, what, mid-November there as well. So yep. he doesn't have all that much time left. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope, he sure doesn't. And hopefully they'll spend less of that time arguing now. Yes, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> About that stuff anyway. I'm yeah, sure they'll yeah. keep arguing. <laughs> they are brothers after all. That is true. And you spend that much time with anybody, it doesn't matter how much you adore them, you're going to have issues. <laughs> it's not like they have separate rooms they can go hang out in. <laughs> That's right. There really wasn't much in my do not like section <laughs> of our discussion here. <laughs> Mine either. You know, we didn't get any answers. Gordon's dead, right. and we don't find out why he thought that Sam was not human. That, I know, that would have been great to see him explain it to his henchmen or something. But now he's gone, and we don't know why he was so convinced of Sam's evilness. I mean, he was dead set. It wasn't even like a, a working theory. It was, <laughs> right. this is fact. There is no other possibility. Exactly. And all we got for an explanation was he's heard demons whispering about it or something. And, and then Sam was there when the gate opened. So, you know, that's pretty... pretty uh, determined for shaky theories like that. And it can't have anything to do with zombie Sam, because this all happened before Sam came back from the dead. Right. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> this is before we all thought Sam might be a little evil now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is interesting. I didn't even put that together, but it would be nice to know, you know, not only how he got there, but why he's so sure Sam's evil. And it's not like they've had a lot of contact. Right. And demons lie, and I'm sure hunters like to boast about what they know and what they don't know and all that fun stuff. So if it was just the rumor mill, I mean, really. <laughs> I know. That's pretty far to go on a rumor. Exactly. And especially when he, the hunters have all, you know, a lot of them have vouched for Sam. Word on the street is he's a good guy. And now Ellen is, you know, knows all of, she was there. Like, she knows what happened, and she's off doing whatever she's doing. I'm sure she's talking to hunters. I don't know. <laughs> that really bothered me, though. The only other thing that kind of bothered me was when Sam's beheading Gordon, it seems to me that the blood would get all over him. Snap off a head, it'd be splattering all over your face. It seems yeah. like really dangerous of it going in your mouth or your eyes or getting vampire well, blood in you somehow. Yeah, that's what I was scared about, because you see that shot after Gordon's dead where Sam has all the blood on his hands? Right. And you're like, oh, please say you didn't have a cut where you had been, you know, hitting somebody or, you know, running from somebody or whatever it is. Right. If he had any cuts on his hands? Yeah. Great. Now we're concerned there might be, you know, zombie vampire Sam. (laughs) (laughs) I know. All I need is to get by a werewolf. Yeah, he'll cover all the major food groups there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, Gordon's blood, I guess, is not supposed to be pumping, so it wouldn't be as you know, splattery that way, but still. Well, yeah, <laughs> I wonder with vampires if their blood is, you know, maybe it's a thicker consistency or right. there's something different about it. That's what we'll go with. It's like, you know, not near as inclined to splash all over people. Yeah. The other thing, actually, on the same note, was how did he actually have the strength to behead Gordon? I mean, it was like wire, barbed wire. (laughs) Right. I mean, the guy didn't have momentum. He didn't have any sort of sharp objects. He just had the barbed wire. Yeah, and it wasn't a sawing motion or anything, you know? <laughs> no. It, it was, was like a pulling. squeezing or a pulling, yeah. And, I mean, the the spinal column is very thick and very difficult to cut through. I mean, yeah. really. That didn't seem at all normal to me. <laughs> I agree. It, you know, the fleshy parts maybe, but once he gets to the spine, that would be tough. Yeah, I mean, so partial beheading, okay, I could see that maybe, but a full beheading? He didn't even look like he was struggling. Yeah, that's true. He looked like he was just taking it. But, you know, that can either, which is interesting. It's like, does Sam have super strength now? Is he really strong? Was it adrenaline? Or was it, like you just said, with some kind of vampire physiology that makes it easy to cut off their heads? He just happened to have some barbed wire hanging out? (laughs) (laughs) There was a shot of that the second time I watched it. I noticed that they did do a shot of it on the bench before he grabbed it. Ah, I see. I'm like, oh, see, it was there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that just seemed so strange to me, though. Definitely intense and gruesome and very much (laughs) horror-like. It actually seemed a lot like what you see in, it's a common device in horror films where people will be running around and, like, the bad guy will shut a door or close something to separate out the parties. Right. And that was actually, I mean, it was really well done, the way all of that happened, except for the beheading part. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, the rest of it was really well done. You know, the fact that the, the victim wasn't really a victim. <laughs> yes, a little switch there. Which, you know, which is something you think about. You're like, oh, would he do that? Is Gordon that gone that he would take the innocent person and use her that way? And turns out he was. <laughs> yes. Well, a new vampire, I'd imagine he can't really control what he does. I'm going with that. <laughs> All right. He's evil. Yep. Evil Gordon. The other, I think they did kind of an oops. Oh, yeah. In vampire lore, in all vampire lore, they don't have a reflection. Oh, right. And Greg pointed this out to me. I didn't even notice it in the episode. But he was saying how when you walk, when you see Gordon walking by, you see a mirror or window or something and you see his reflection. I didn't even notice that. I didn't either. I mean, I have to look for it next time I watch it, but... How funny. I wonder if it's just, you know, something they knew and that just doesn't follow their mythology or what. It could be. But, I mean, that's pretty standard in every vampire lore I've ever seen. (laughs) Right. It's like one of the tenets. It's how you know there are vampires. They don't have a reflection. True. I wonder if it's because they're trying to treat these as more like infected creatures than some kind of supernatural beings. Oh, that could be. Let's go with that. Or it could be an oops. (laughs) (laughs) One or the other. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, actually, there there wasn't really a lot wrong with this episode, except for those, you know, a few bits that we've just talked about. We got rid of crazy henchmen that we weren't crazy about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was actually kind of sorry for that guy, you know. It wasn't his fault. (laughs) Right. But I I was glad to see him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Felt bad for him, but I won't miss him. That's right. So yeah, I didn't have a lot of complaints either. You have to wonder, of course, after this episode and all the little hints, is Gordon right about Sam? Is there something to his story? And if not to his theory about Sam was the devil spawned, but is zombie Sam different? Because he's exactly. certainly becoming more cutthroat and less remorseful. Is you know, is it just the job taking its toll or did he really come back different? Or maybe he's just taking a page out of Dean's book. You know, Dean used to be very black and white, evil, dead. Right. Good, save. You know, these were <laughs> very distinct categories. And Sam introduced all the gray into his life. Where he's like, you know, don't kill humans. Are You know, there's kind of shades of evil and all of these things. And, you know, Dean is starting to see that side. 
and Sam is starting to kind of go the opposite direction. That's an excellent point, and I, that would be a good way to explain his behavior, other than, oh, he's going evil, because Dean's <laughs> done that stuff from the beginning, day one, and we don't think he's evil. That's right. But because it's a change in Sam, we think that uh, something's wrong with him, but you're right, it could just be he's emulating his older brother and the way he handles the job. Yep, or he could be going evil. <laughs> and that would explain the superpowers and be able to behead vampires. I wonder if maybe he has powers that we haven't seen yet. It's you know, we've talked possible. about this for a long time, but with the superpower strength, like there's no other way to behead. I mean, Sam, yeah, he's a, you know, a strong guy, but seriously, <laughs> can't a human can't do that with his hands and a little barbed barbed wire. Well, it would definitely be interesting because Sam, you know, apparently only has those visions, right, that we haven't uh-huh. seen in a while. But in that one episode, he showed, like, that burst of telekinesis when he escaped yeah. from that trap. And uh, perhaps this is, you know, reaching, but maybe this is showing a little bit of the super strength. And maybe he has something from all of the special kids. That is true. And, you know, maybe he was born with these different powers that just haven't been used yet or they haven't come up. And with the telekinesis and the super strength that we saw in Nightmare from first season, where he opened the closet and the dresser and everything. Right. It was it was always tied to high emotions and saving his brother. Absolutely right. And, you and know, he, you know, the yellow-eyed demon always said he was great and his favorite. And it's like, well, if all he has visions, what's so great about that? But He couldn't have led an army with some, you know, telekinesis. <laughs> right. Just a little bit. And some visions. <laughs> right. And just because he hasn't had the visions since the yellow eyed demon died doesn't mean that they have gone. We just yeah. haven't seen them in a predict, you know, a, a situation that calls for it. But any of those powers could come creeping up again, you know, and it, it's, it's, there's a chance, you know, the writers don't intend for us to read that much in the beheading, but <laughs> there is still a possibility, like you said, that, that that is definitely a demonstration of, you know, like Jake's super strength. Yeah, I mean... It's interesting that because we don't know about Mary, we don't know about the deal with Sam when he was a baby with the demon blood, what that actually means. Yep, it could just be visions, it could be all of it. Maybe the yellow eyed demon just knew he had the visions and tapped into it. As a part of helping Sam along his so called quest to become the leader. Interesting, and hopefully we'll get some answers about Mary that we've been teased with since the first episode. You know, ever since they brought up that Sam is evil thing, it went, you know, kind of went away for a while. Like it came up every once in a while when Sam was all, eh. but then now this season, every episode, something comes up to talk about it. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is last season, he was aware of it and he, you know, like whined about it every episode. Oh, I could be evil. Yeah. <laughs> but the scary thing is this time he's not saying anything about it, which makes it a little more, you know, unspoken makes it a little more creepy and a little more possible. And, you know, it could just be that he was tired of trying to figure out if it was going to happen or not. So he just kind of, you know, stopped talking about it. Right. Or Dean threatened him or they made some deal or something where he's like, shut up already. We killed the L.I. demon. You can be quiet. (laughs) <laughs> or he just thinks it can't be a possibility because the yellow-eyed demon is dead and he's not the leader of the army. So he's like, oh, it's not going to happen. I, you know, stepped away from that and I'm all good. And, and Dean hasn't brought up what was told to him by the yellow-eyed demon before he died, I'm sure. Well, he's too busy trying to save Dean, so. So, yeah, it's like the same possibility that we had all through season two of Sam being evil is still going on. It's just less direct addressing of the subject. Yeah, at least by Sam, but it's coming up in all these different ways. You know, you find out a little bit about Mary and Gordon thinks so, and Sam really did come back from the dead. And, you know, even Dean is kind of questioning it. So, I mean, we're getting it from different characters this time instead of Sam just whining about it. Yeah, even that random demon chick. That's what Sam was here for, so. It's crazy that Sam's not talking about it, though. Unless... You know, the writers just knew we were so annoyed by his behavior last season that they were like, you know, let's just lay off Sam for a little bit. Right. Or he really <laughs> is evil and he's just trying not to draw attention to it. Oh, that could be. Which I kind of hope not because I would kind of avoid all the emotional moments of this season. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't mean he has to be evil towards his brother. We'll see. Hopefully find out. <laughs> Who knows how much we'll find out before 
We run out of episodes. You know, it probably won't come up to like 20. Exactly. Just string us along. I think, you know, kind of in the, uh, the whole general scheme of third season, the new viewers are having a hard time with it. Oh. And everything is written out pretty well, but I think unless you were a long-time viewer of the show, you wouldn't catch all these little bits, like how this episode related very much to Faith in first season. You know, there you get these bits, and then way long time down the road, you get more that kind of relate around the same idea, and you, you know, a dedicated fan is going to be able to connect all that little stuff. Right. I think the new viewers, even though they've tried really hard to make it so that they understand what's going on from episode to episode. I just don't, they're having a hard time with it. And some people are not liking third season and I'm loving it. (laughs) Right. And I wonder if maybe that's the reason because you don't have all that back, you know, backstory, even if you watched the episodes over the summer or something, or, you know, you saw a couple here and there, you wouldn't catch all that. I think you're right. I think they, they try hard to do the standalone for the casual viewer and, it's kind of like the X-Files. People who loved it were really invested and had been watching for a while and ate up all the mythology and all the connection to past episodes. But, you know, new viewers are like, oh, you know, don't really care unless it's scary. Or it has and, a neat story about, you know, mythology or folklore. But. And I, I hope that they're able to integrate the new viewers because if they well, want a fourth season, they're going to have to have to. <laughs> it's no Law and Order or CSI where you don't have to watch anything from the past to keep up. Oh, yeah. I mean, CSI, they're completely independent, except for like a couple character bits that you've learned in the, you know, thousand years that it's been on. I mean, in a way, I wish this show were a little bit more like that. Even in other dramas like Gilmore Girls, if you missed a few, you would still be able to pick up pretty well. But in this one, there's a lot that gets carried on. Not necessarily from week to week, but from, you know, one part of a season to another. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, think about the Mary stuff. When that comes back up again, you'll be like, when was that last mentioned? Second episode of the season? <laughs> and even the new viewers this season are probably like, Mary? Which one was she? <laughs> right. It'll be interesting to see how they manage that. But at least it could never get as repetitive as 24. Like, if you missed <laughs> one episode of 24, you can just forget the rest of the season. Oh, that's right. I mean, it was, <laughs> you had to be a dedicated viewer. <laughs> But the character-driven dramas, they really are that way anyhow. I mean, you really do need to pay attention. Yeah. You know, with ongoing storylines, you can't help. But you want to draw into viewers, but it just gets more difficult as every season goes on. And I think this season is very strong. The ratings are, you know, pretty good. The viewers need to bump up a little bit, of course. But um, (laughs) I, I think it's a very strong season. I agree. It's been very enjoyable so far. Yeah. And uh, we've had some comments and emails that people are enjoying listening to the podcast from this season better or more than they did last season. (laughs) And I've been trying to figure out why. And I realized it's because second season was just kind of a bore. Like I just didn't like it. And it's really hard to be enthusiastic and excited about an episode that you don't like. Oh, good point. Oh, it's whining again. Yay. Yay. (laughs) And Dean's line. Yay! Right. <laughs> Should we move on to quotes? Sure. There were some really good ones. <laughs> there were. <laughs> you want to start? Sure. I think that my favorite was when Dean was all, what do you want me to do, Sam? Sit around writing sad poems about how I'm going to die? You know what? I got one. What with Shut up, Sam. I've actually, we've actually covered a couple of them in our discussion, so I'm not going to go over them again. Right. But my other favorite one was the really, the talk that Sam gave Dean about, you know, following him his whole life, looking up to him since he was four years old, studying him, watching him, emulating him, and that he knows him better than anyone else in the world, and that he's terrified. And Dean is like, what? How could you possibly know that? <laughs> right. And Sam is like, I wish you'd just drop the show and be my brother again. Because, just because. Right. He couldn't, even, he couldn't even put that into words. It was <laughs> such a great scene. It was. It was really well written. And, you know, and that probably doesn't happen very often in life where somebody comes out and says that kind of stuff, but it did feel real. 
you know, it's like sometimes you wait until it's too late to say something, and here he finally said it, bef- you know, while there's still time to fix it. Right. Only six months or so, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to legends and references, there really wasn't anything in this episode except that we didn't mention in our recap and our discussion, um, except for the vampire stuff that we've already discussed before. So let's move on to an article. It's a comparison of the episode Faith and this episode Fresh Blood. Both episodes were written by Sarah Gamble, my favorite supernatural writer, of course you know that. In Faith, Dean is electrocuted and doctors say he has a few weeks to live. Sam tricks him into going to a faith healer to save him, and even though Dean is chosen, the boys realize that there is something supernatural going on and that they know they need to stop it. In Fresh Blood, Dean's reaction to Sam being hunted by Gordon is such that a discussion about his morality and Dean's imminent demise from the deal with the crossroad demons comes up. The first commonality between the two is Dean's death and Sam's need to save him. It's the predominant theme in both of these episodes. In the first season, the boys were naive. Sam was the reluctant hunter, and Dean was the seasoned hunter who sees evil in black and white with no shades of gray. Therefore, Dean was far more open to Sam's attempt to save his life since Dean's death had nothing to do with Sam, and he had not yet found John or killed the yellow-eyed demon. So his mission wasn't complete. Now, however, Sam can survive on his own, and Dean is ready to give up hunting. Whether Sam is a stronger person through his experiences or whether Dean is no longer able to see in terms of black and white because Sam introduced him to seeing their job in terms of shades of gray, this job is taking its toll on Dean. He wants to get rid of all of it, even if it means going to hell. Dean's tired. He wants to give up. And this is a sharp contrast to what we saw in Faith. In fact, Sarah Gamble used almost the identical wording in the two episodes when the boys were discussing these issues. I don't think it's coincidental, given the parallels. In Faith, Dean says, Hey, you better take care of that car or I swear I'll haunt your ass. And Sam replies, I don't think that's funny. And Dean replies, Oh, come on, it's a little funny. In Fresh Blood, Sam says, I'm sick and tired of your old stupid kamikaze trick. And Dean replies, Whoa, whoa, kamikaze? I'm more like a ninja. Sam retorts, That's not funny. And Dean says, It's a little funny. The second commonality between the two episodes is how they deal with killing humans. In Faith, they realize that someone is controlling a reaper and using it to trade one life for another. When they thought the healer may be doing the trading, Dean wanted to take the healer out, but Sam was adamant that they should not kill him because he's a human. However, in Fresh Blood, they do not know that Gordon's a vampire. As far as they know, he's still a human, and they discuss taking Gordon out. In this case, Sam has reversed his thinking, and this is very important. He is taking up more of Dean's black and white thinking. At least that's what I think. It's almost like Dean and Sam are reversing their ways of looking at humans and their job and the supernatural. In fact, when Sam says they have to kill Gordon, Dean asks Sam, Really? Just like that? I thought you would have been like, No, we can't. He's a human. It's wrong. To which Sam replies, No, I'm done. We have quite a role reversal on both Sam and Dean these days, and it's strikingly clear when looking at these two episodes. I'm interested to see if these views change at all when the boys repair their somewhat fractured relationship. As Sam stated in Fresh Blood, he has always looked up to Dean. He wanted to be just like Dean. He always mimicked Dean. I mean, just as any little brother does with their big brother, for the most part. However, now he wants his brother back. And I wonder if maybe this role reversal will become a little bit less extreme once the boys start to repair the damage that's been going on between them. So only time will tell. I think it's really interesting to look at the comparisons between a first season episode like this and a third season just to see how far we've come. Some of these ideas are from my own head and some are from reading, you know, fan forums and so forth on LiveJournal and TV.com and places like that to help me clarify my thoughts. So if there are any other episodes that you can think of that may have parallels like that that we've seen so far that we haven't already discussed, go ahead and email me or put it on the website and we'd be happy to discuss it on a future episode. Let's move on to music. There was one song in this episode, Crazy Circles by Bad Company. And the song of the night tonight is Nothing Left to Kill by The Other Side. Check them out at theothersideonline.com. The song is brought to you tonight by the Pod Show Podsafe Music Network. Enjoy.
for this week. We have a bit of a wait until the next episode, which does not air until December 13, 2007 on The CW. Happy Thanksgiving to those of you who celebrated and take care. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Podcast. You can visit my website at supernaturalpodcast.blogspot.com or send me an email at supernaturalpodcast at gmail.com. Please note that the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and not of the producers of Supernatural or The CW. Audio clips played on this podcast are property of The CW and no infringement is intended. Some of the music heard here is from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. Music.